0: Once upon a time.
1: In a land far away.
0: I'm Katrina.
1: And I'm Jeff.
0: And welcome to the Fairy Tellers Podcast.
1: Myth, Legend, Folklore, Fable.
0: We explore what they say about cultures then and now.
1: Grab a hot cup of cocoa and a comfy seat.
0: While we retell you a thing.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to be here recording with you, Katrina, and listening and speaking right into your ears, uh, dear listener.
0: The year is still fresh. We're still feeling hopeful.
1: <laughs> we are. And especially hopeful because I just checked our reviews and I saw that we have the first review with you know something written. People leave reviews that are just like a star rating, which we definitely appreciate, especially the five-star rating. <laughs> so if you haven't, please uh, leave us a five-star review if you enjoy our podcast. And if you want to write something out, it will probably be read by me on the podcast, like I'm going to do with this review. And Katrina has not heard this. I told her specifically not to go and read it because this review uh, has a deep cut reference in the title, and it is new Doolahan album just dropped. Yeah, <laughs> as the title of the thing, which is amazing because some of you who are longtime listeners will know. But if you're not, there's a you know a fictional metal band in my mind called Doolahan, named after uh, like a crazy folklore creature from ireland who or like personage i don't even know what to call him it's kind of like a a grim reaper type really creepy thing he rides on a headless horse and he like will crack a whip made of spines and stuff so it's like very metal yeah
0: and he carries his head with him and it looks apparently like molded cheese which yeah but yeah, the album title "Collective yeah. Nightmares" is um, going to be coming out this fall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just kidding. But that's the joke. Is like, a, you know, because it sounds so metal. I'll always so if something sounds like the name of a metal album, I'll be like, ah, oh, that's a new Doolahan album. So I appreciate that deep cut reference because I haven't done it a lot lately. But I love me some Doolahan naming albums after them. Action. Anyway, new Doolahan album just dropped. Five stars. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. <laughs> this show is perfect in every way.
0: That's what I like to hear.
1: From Lorelai Faye via Apple Podcasts in the United States of America. It was like...
0: Faye? Oh, no. Hey, as long as yeah. we're on their good side.
1: And it makes me think, it's like, is it Lorelai, Lorelei? Lorelai Lorelei Faye? I like that. It sounds mm-hmm. like a, you know definitely a pseudonym if that is. It might not be. You, you might just have a really cool name. But whatever the case, Lorelai or Lorelai, we appreciate the review. like uh, What better review could we have? It's just like deep cut reference, fire emojis, five stars saying that we're perfect. If you want to suck up to me, leave a review like this on <laughs> our podcast. But we really appreciate it. It does a lot to help spread the podcast to other people and it just makes us feel good. And it's one of the ways that we can, I don't know, feel like we're like not just speaking into the void. So again, thank you. And if you haven't left a review, we really appreciate it. And if you have, we super appreciate it because it helps us out a lot. It does. Also, I mentioned that Katrina and I haven't recorded just the two of us in what feels like a while, but we recently had the opportunity to record with a couple of other awesome people for their podcast. So we'll be guesting on a podcast coming out soon.
0: Yeah, we were invited to be on the Not My Fantasy podcast, and they are a podcast that will watch fantasy movies or movies that are based on some type of Uh, mythology, folklore, um, literary fairy tale. So they'll watch a movie that's like based off of that. And they will talk about the lore that is used in the movie. They will talk about the movie. And they also talk about if, you know, is this your fantasy? Like, is this a land that you would like to live in? We uh, were reviewing a French movie from the 1940s which, you know, made me feel a little like hoity-toity. It
1: is a Criterion, uh, you know, collection-selected it was. movie. It so. It
0: absolutely was. But, you know, I was slightly jealous because some of the other movies that they've done are Lord of the Rings. And listening to their podcast, like, especially the Lord of the Rings episodes, but also their Frozen episode, I la- I was, I'm deeply enjoying their podcast. But I was super jealous that I didn't get to be part of the uh, Lord of the Rings movie episodes. It's fine, me too. Because it inspired me to go back and like rewatch all the movies, and I just really enjoyed their conversations. Super yeah. funny.
1: Yeah, super jealous to not be on those episodes, but also like kind of happy to not be on those episodes because I could just like listen and enjoy. And the guests they've had on them were like really really good. Like they did better than I would have done. It would not have been as entertaining if I were on there. So I was super glad. But yeah, for real, love this podcast. Huge Lord of the Rings fan. They just finished this Lord of the Rings you know, series, watched Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King. And they're all just great episodes. I feel like, if you like our podcast, you will also like their podcast because the vibe is very much like hanging out with friends. Like, five seconds into the episode, I felt like these two people, Hannah and Cullen, were like my best friends. And so it was cool to go onto their podcast and then be like, hey, I already feel like you're my best friends. Uh, I hope you like me. And whether they did or not, I don't know. But it was a super good time. I think our episode's going to be good. I hope so. Um, and you should check it out. Coming out soon.
0: Hopefully we don't tank their entire platform.
1: And it's a pretty new podcast that they've started. There's, I think, like eight episodes, nine episodes so far. So you have plenty of time to like binge them all if you want to. Um, and I definitely would recommend they do because they're all great.
0: Yeah. And then you can say to them, oh, I've been here from like the very beginning.
1: Such a good time recording with them. Thanks again to Cullen and Hannah, Not My Fantasy Podcast, for having us on. It was great. I hope you at home tune in and listen because you're going to love this podcast. It's
0: going to be released sometime in February. I think the first uh, weekend in February and we're going to be reviewing La Belle et la Bête.
1: Mm. For those of you who don't speak French, it's beauty and the beast, which I mean, I think by context, everyone gets that. I don't think that I'm smarter than anyone for knowing that. I just want that made very clear. Speaking of me not being smarter, let's talk about how I'm not smarter than your daughter.
0: So, backing up a little bit, when we did our December Divinations episode on the live stream, we poured wax into the IW mug. That, I, it was kind of a struggle for me because, like, my brain, automatically my brain wanted to either think that it looked like, you know, the grim as a joke, mm. but then also... You know, I was like, I wanted so badly to see something in it, but I was putting so much pressure on like what it was that I was having problems like looking at it, figuring out what I thought that it looked like. Jeff was, you know, looking at it through my camera and it was like, oh, yeah, what does that shape look like? And
1: yeah, it was hard to see, too, because it's like black wax. So, like, yeah, with the compression of the like video over the video feed on like the Instagram live, it was
0: it was making it look like a flat blob.
1: Yeah. So it's really hard for us to come up with something that we could say it confidently looked like.
0: But the other day, because I kept the wax um, and I put it up where I could see it in my office so that I could look at it through the year.
1: And be reminded of what our future holds in store.
0: Yeah. And my daughter came in and she looked at it and she was like, what is that? I was like, oh, it's a piece of wax that I poured into like some water to look at the shape. So my daughter looked at the wax and she was like, oh yeah, it kind of looks like two leaves. And this round part is like a little caterpillar crawling up onto it. And I was like, what the heck kind of familiar are (laughs) children as witches familiars? Yeah. And what's funny too,
1: because it's like, the thing that gets me is like, it's not like you were like, hey, what does this look like?
0: Yeah. Tell me my future little girl.
1: Yeah. She's like, what is that? It looks like this. And it's like she understood the assignment without any context. And it's like, it makes you yeah. feel like it's legit. You know what I mean? Yeah. What she's seeing really is what it is because no one was priming her to think that it looked like anything or yeah. to be like, Hey, there's something here that you need to see. She was just like, why do you have two? I mean, it wasn't exactly that, but it's like, you know, like, what is this? Cause it looks like this thing. It's like, what?
0: And it wasn't like, you know, she wasn't like, oh, it looks like this. Therefore, it's a sign of this, this, and this. Like, you know, it's not like she was reading me to see what I would want her to say that it is. Yeah. Which is what I was doing to the wax. I was looking at the wax being like, what do I want it to look like?
1: I want it to look like a grim because I want to die.
0: That's perfect. So what do you think two two leaves... And a little caterpillar. What, what do you think that holds in store for our podcast? Yeah. What, like any true to you?
1: divination, it is absolutely opaque and unreadable. And you must read into that even. Two leaves. I mean, there's two of us. Mm. So we could be the two leaves. And there's a caterpillar that's eating them. Mm. it's probably we are the two leaves and the caterpillar is the not my fantasy podcast coming to just devour us whole and steal our listenership because uh <laughs> there's so much more fun than we are <laughs> no that's
0: not it uh no i like what you're so i i want to keep going with like what you're saying so it's like okay there's two leaves two there's of two us leaves. caterpillar feeding off of our life energy
1: but here's the thing about caterpillars katrina Caterpillars are very hungry and they eat a lot so that they can go into a chrysalis Mm. and then metamorphosize and turn into something greater, grander, more able to fly.
0: Yeah. So we're the leaves. Our podcast is the caterpillar Mm. and Mm. we need to give more of ourselves. Oh, I don't know if I like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) We are going to give our all of ourselves to the podcast so that it can Sore. 2023 is our year. The year of the fairy tellers podcast.
0: Let's do it. We're gonna rock this.
1: That's what I think it means.
0: Awesome. I liked I liked where we landed on that. I like where we forced that to land.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if someone else has any ideas, let us know. Especially if they're good tidings of great joy for this our podcast. If they're ominous, we also want to hear, but maybe put it in the DMs and not public so that we can deny. <laughs> That it exists.
0: And then when the whole thing blows up in our face, then we'll be like, oh, see, we should have foreseen this.
1: <laughs> because fate is guiding the, the hand of the Fairy Tailors podcast in this very episode.
0: Yes, it is. So during our December divinations we did a game that we are calling ATU type roulette.
1: The name could use a little <laughs> work shopping I think, you know. Could yeah. something a little catchier could come come up. Yeah. But.
0: Not to mention we need to come up with like a slightly better system.
1: Yeah, the methodology is a little like difficult because we're trying to get like nine digits out of like six digit die or not even not nine digits but you know what i mean like
0: yeah yeah it's
1: just it gets really complex and we're like wait what does this even mean yeah there's so much more chaos in it than needs to be there
0: we didn't want to do like one of the online generated chance uh roulette wish whatever things you guys know what i'm yeah, talking be-
1: about yeah because computers can't actually generate true randomness and therefore cannot be relied upon for fate to intervene. All right. Everyone knows that.
0: Everybody knows that. That's just a basic uh, computer knowledge and magic truism. Yeah. But yeah, it just wasn't going to be as visually interesting for our December live. so we didn't do it that way. But then I don't think that me rolling the dice was that visually interesting either because nobody could see the dice I was rolling.
1: They didn't know if you were fudging the numbers or not.
0: I could have made up all these numbers except that I definitely didn't because all the numbers that it rolled were ones where it wasn't (laughs) an ATU type.
1: (laughs) So we had to like round up or down.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to roll again so I can see whether I have to like uh, go up or down. So, So yeah, we're going to have to come up with like a better way to do the ATU roulette game that's a little more straightforward. But it was super fun, I thought, during our December divinations. And especially because it was going to force us to look at tales that we might not have looked at or gotten to any other way except being being led through fate. Yeah. So the one that we're going to be talking about today is ATU 47A, and it's called The Fox Hangs Onto the Horse's Tail. So a story that we found for this tale type is in a Norwegian text, and it has roots to Reinhard the Fox, which is a beast fable collection from the Middle Ages, from medieval times. And there's a lot of stories. We've talked about this before, usually when we're talking about fox and wolf. And mm-hmm. so it was interesting because this this story that we're going to be telling today was found in Norway.
1: So this story is called Reinhard Wants to Taste Horse Flesh, <laughs> which is a wild title. Absolutely wild. Whew. And I love whatever collection you got this from, the way that these first few sentences are worded is just like delightful. So I kind of want to quote it directly. One day, the bear was lying, eating a horse, which he had killed. Fine. That's totally normal. Yeah, that's valid. Like, seems, I mean, a bear killing a horse, it's like, that's not something that I have ever thought of or seen. I haven't seen a bear killing anything, to be honest.
0: Except fish.
1: Yeah, that's true. You see bears like shwoop, snatching those salmon just out of the river. Like, it's nothing. So that sentence, that's fine. It's the second sentence where things get interesting. Reynard was about again. And came slinking along, his mouth watering for a tasty bit of the horse flesh. (laughs) It's like, I know I get a little hankering in my mouth watering for a tasty bit of the horse flesh. So he was sneaking up and around, as foxes do. You know, he recognizes that while he is a predator, he is also small. We've talked about this before, how that's why foxes are like a really interesting animal. Yeah. they're, They're predators, but they're also small enough to be vulnerable to bigger predators. So they kind of have to be like... The sneakiness and evasiveness of a prey animal, but also the like sneakiness and like ambushiness of a of a predator. So he's sneaking around, trying to find a way that he can like jump and get a piece of this horse carcass. And so he's like sneaking up behind the bear, and then he jumps to the other side, grabs a piece of the horse carcass as he like jumps across, is like trying to run away. But the bear was not slow, and he starts running after Reynard, who is trying to take off with some of his horse flesh. Yeah, and he catches Reynard by the tip of reynard's tail like with his big beefy bear paw yeah and fun aside here since that time the fox has always had a white tip to his tail so that's why foxes have white tips on their tails because the bear just grabbed onto it
0: scared the color right out of him
1: (laughs) yeah i was like oh my gosh that's the time i almost was food to a bear and the bear's like wait a minute reynard you know what come here I'm going to teach you how you can catch horses. And Rainer was like, oh, yes, super stoked. Want to learn how to do that? Do not trust getting anywhere near you. I have a feeling that you might eat me. But <laughs> the bear goes on and he says that when you see a horse lying asleep in a sunny place, which is one of those things is like there's that whole thing of like do horses lie down when they sleep? Like horses sleep. You, I've heard that like fact like horses sleep standing up. Apparently horses do lie down to sleep sometimes. I yeah. think they can sleep standing up as well. But, you know, when they're asleep in a sunny place, what you have to do, see what you got to do here, Reynard is <laughs> <laughs> you go up to the sleeping horse and you have to tie your tail to its tail really tight. And then you just chomp your teeth right into its thigh. Apparently, Reynard just believed him and went along and
0: didn't think, didn't think through the mechanics <laughs> of how that would work at all.
1: Yeah. It's like I can see a couple of issues with this straight off the bat. but. Before long, Brainerd found a horse lying asleep on a sunny hillside. He's like, you know what? This would be a great time to try that really cool life hack I heard on Bear's YouTube channel. (laughs) So he goes up, he knots his tail to the horse's tail. And then, just as Bear said, chomps right into the horse's thigh. So, of course, as predictably is going to happen when you get bit, the (laughs) horse jumps up, freaking out, starts to kick and gallop and... Raynard, who is now tied tail to tail with this thing, is getting dragged along behind this horse who's running as fast as he can away from whatever was trying to bite him on <laughs> the <laughs> butt. And so Reynard is like being like dashed against stock and stone, it says. And it's like he was so bruised and battered that he nearly lost his senses. And that's when the hare rushed by. And he says, hey, where are you off to in such a hurry, Raynard?" Which it's like <laughs> dripping with sarcasm. And (laughs) Reynard says, oh, I'm having a ride, bunny. And, you know, the hare sat up on his hind legs and started laughing until his, it says, like, the sides of his mouth split right up to his ears. So the hare's, like, falling over himself, laughing with a huge smile on his face at the thought of Reynard having such a grand ride. But, as you can imagine, Fox has never thought about catching horses to try to eat them (laughs) again. So that time, it was for Bruin, the bear, who for once had the better of Reynard? Otherwise, they say the bear is as simple-minded as the trolls, which I find to be a really fun ending to that, too, like pointing out. Reynard's usually supposed to be really smart, really wise, and the bear is kind of like a a simple-minded character. Simple-minded as the trolls, which is interesting, too, because it's a Norwegian tale, and we know trolls are big over there in Norway. But this one time, the bear gets the better of that sly cunning fox.
0: Yeah, because normally it is like bear is constantly getting... The butt end of, like, all of Fox, the butt end. <laughs> yeah, the butt
1: end of Fox grabbing it by the tail, the butt end of the horse chomping his teeth into his their, their thighs.
0: Which, when you were telling that story, I suddenly remembered something that a forest ranger had told me. <laughs>
1: yes. Forest ranger wisdom.
0: Oh, my gosh. If people don't know, like, in the United States, we have tons of uh, national parks. And, of course you know, forest service uh, workers that are out there, forest rangers, um, always helpful at the parks. And we have a lot of large animals in the United States, which can be, I have discovered a little distressing for other people who don't live in the United States. Like they hear our stories about, or they see like TikTok videos of like, bears or mountain lions hiding by people's houses, just taking a nap or digging through our garbage. And they're like, how can you live in America there with those bears? Or how can you go camping when there are those bears outside? Uh, But (laughs) I was going to say, so we have big, we have a lot of animals uh, in the United States for a service. So this one time I was at, it was actually a state park, not a national park. Sorry everybody.
1: Why even bother?
0: It was called it's called <laughs> Valley of Fire.
1: Okay. Not only a great state park name, a great Doolahan album name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Valley of Fire.
0: So, I was talking to this forest ranger and he was talking about several different hilarious topics. But one <laughs> thing that came up was he was saying or he was like, "Do you know the best way to use pepper spray on an animal?" And then my cousin's son, who was with us, immediately he's like a sixty at the time he's like a sixteen year old boy. He was like, "You pepper spray him in the butt," and I thought he was being just like a teenage boy. Yeah, and I was sixteen like, year old, like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and I was like, "Are you for real?" And the forest ranger was like, oh, no, that is completely real. You need to – if you can pepper spray an animal in their butt, it immediately takes the fight out of them. And then he paused and he was like, oh, but don't do that with anything with hooves. (laughs) And I was like, why? And he was like, oh, because instead of just trying to like scrape off whatever it is, which is I guess what like dogs will do or like a –
1: Yeah, like pop their butt down on the ground and like drag it along.
0: Yeah, because they'll be trying to like – Get the the, off of my butt. Yeah, the burn off. He was like, no, if you do it to like a horse, a deer, cattle, they will just immediately bolt. And they don't care what they're jumping through. They'll tear down fences just to run in a straight direction away from their burning butt.
1: (laughs) And their burning butt is following them every step of the way.
0: Yeah. And so apparently, like he's seen – moose or elk or things like just run straight, straight through fences, straight into people's cars, straight into there. They just go, which I was like, that's interesting information that I'll never use. But just now when you were talking about, you know, he Fox bit that horse right on the butt and the horse immediately Uh, was like, Oh, there's no stopping to think there's no assessing the situation. Nothing. I'm my butt is in pain. I'm just going to run straight as long as I have energy."
1: Yeah, it's like, especially a horse, like when you're fast and you know you're fast and you know that you're like leg up on anything that might try to get you is that you are fast. You're going to just go fast.
0: I mean, I don't even think that I'm fast, but if something bit me on the butt, I think I would, you know, move quickly (laughs) away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right.
0: So I love like, we keep finding fox especially like Reynard the fox as, you know, this character interacting with other people. And it gives a lot more context to other stories that we might look at that are a little more separated from that. But it gives us that context to then look at those stories and be like, oh, wait, I think I understand more how this story happened. Mm-hmm. So there is this tale type inside of Kinder und House Marching. I know that's not how you say it, but...
1: But it is how you say yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I can't stop myself. Uh, maybe someday I will learn German, mm. and then I'll be able to be like, Kinder und Hausmarchen, and it sound. but no. So, Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm collected a story from this tale type, and it's so interesting because while it is ATU-47A, the fox hangs onto the horse's tail. That does mm-hmm. not happen in this story.
1: What? It always weirds me out when things like that happen. Yeah. When it's the tail type, but it's like not the same thing. It's like the thing that is described in the tail type is not what happens in the story, but it's the same tail type. And it's like, when you see the reasons and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, I get it. I see how it is. But it's also like, how dare you be so confusing?
0: Where it's like, oh, I see why this has the same tail elements. And so it goes under this tail type. But also, if it's the first one that you come across with that tail type, it's a little confusing. Yeah, Because it'll be like, oh, why is this called the rich farmer and the poor farmer and there's no farmers in the story? (laughs) Or not why it's called that. But why is it under the ATU type, rich farmer, poor farmer, there's no farmer? I don't know. There's part of me that almost feels like this tail type should be called animal ties its tail to another animal. Okay, that I can hear how wordy that is. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that shouldn't be my job.
1: Reverse animal centipeding. (laughs) 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 I hate... Centipedes are already animals. They are. So are humans, to be honest. Yeah, we
0: are. So this story is called The Fox and the horse which makes sense because we need both of those animals so what i find interesting about this story in the brothers Grimm collection is that it is absolutely one of those stories where you would read it to your kids thinking to yourself oh these stories are supposed to have some type of like moral some type of like meaning yeah and We've covered this before. No, that's not that's not the purpose of these stories. That's not what they do. This one does teach a cultural value though, which is we'll talk about. But yeah, it is definitely one where when you when you don't know the past of where this story came from, that it comes from the tradition of beast fables from Reynard and especially the tale that Jeff just told, when you're missing that context, this story I feel like is ultra weird. It's definitely one of those where you'll read it and be like, I'm missing something. And it's like, "Yep, yeah, a bunch of medieval history, like a bit of, <laughs> of beast tales. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so this story is called the Fox and the horse, not an exciting title, but it gets the job no. done. Those are two very important characters in the story.
1: Definitely not exciting as Reynard wants to taste horse flesh.
0: Yeah. I felt uncomfortable with the amount of times that the, the word horse flesh came up in that story. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm being totally honest with you. Same. So there was once a peasant in Germany where the story takes place. Um, there was once a peasant who had a faithful horse and this horse had served this peasant for its entire life, working hard, constantly always willing to serve its master. And this horse though had gotten old and it couldn't do any work. So his master didn't want to have to feed it anymore. It was like, oh, no, any food that I'm giving you isn't worth it because you're not doing any work for me anymore. You're com- yeah. completely useless. Putting you out to pasture would be too good for you, which I'm like, yikes, yikes. <laughs> Big yikes. <laughs> yeah. But the peasant told the horse, "Hey, you know, I still want to do well by you, and so I'm going to give you an opportunity to prove that you're still strong enough for me to maintain you living here." Which I was like, "Okay, like what is it? You, you know, just pull pull a little cart, you know. <laughs> play with your kid like you know what other job can you possibly find but no he was like if you are strong enough to bring a lion here oh my gosh i will maintain you yeah no a lion where is this taking place germany In germany <laughs> that's what again it's like you need to like this it's is-
1: like one of those get me a tiger's spot tiger's milk situation
0: yeah Ooh, that's where it's like go such do something. Callback to such a good episode
1: yeah but basically saying to go fetch some tiger's milk is telling you to go get wrecked because it's impossible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But inside of like the Reinard the Reinard the Fox tales, Lion is a character that shows up mm. through it.
1: Yeah. In the Reinard cinematic universe.
0: Yeah. And so this character, while seemingly weird in a Grimms Brothers story it makes sense when you know that like oh these are from the beast fables like tradition but still yeah yeah, absolutely a tiger's milk situation where yeah it's just like
1: because still yeah bringing a lion is also as a horse that looks like a zebra which is common food for lions
0: horse flesh
1: yeah it's like you you think reinard wants to taste the horse flesh where do you see a lion that's been yeah without a meal for a couple of days
0: for sure so this peasant was like, so until you can do that, until you can bring me this lion, get out of my stable. And with that, he chased him into an open field. Come on, get. I was, Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> uh, I think it's like a uh, flipper with elijah wood is my sister and i always remember where it's just like get out of here <laughs> go get but there's also like harry and the hendersons where he does yeah. that too
1: white fang white Fang. oh f- white, white no, it's him. called
0: white fanging somebody yeah
1: yeah from from new girl they references white fanging yes and also white fang <laughs> you know that <laughs> literary where it originally comes from
0: author jack london
1: the dolphin is dead.
0: What did you That's say? That's
1: that reminds me. The dolphin is dead.
0: Is that from Flipper? Did
1: you not see that? It's not from Flipper, oh. but it's from that that interview that resurfaced oh, uh, yeah. recently from <laughs> Elijah Wood and uh, I think it's... That was that uh, TikTok? Yeah. Will you... And then it became the...
0: You're a beautiful man. Do you wear wigs? Will you wear wigs? <laughs> Have you worn wigs? No. Will uh, you wear
1: wigs? The other clip of, uh, is the... He's talk, He's asking about if you're in them. You're in that movie Flipper. The the dolphin is dead. It's like, oh, gosh. Anyway. He was
0: like, that's horrible. I I was not a horse girl in elementary school. I was a dog girl. Mm. And by that, I mean that when I was. That
1: was really mean of those kids (laughs) to call you that.
0: (laughs) No, it was spot on. I would go to the library during recess to flip through books about dogs and pretend to be a dog. I would walk on all fours. And I had a friend who would pretend that I was her dog Well. in the library. So if people <laughs> wanted to call me dog girl to my face, <laughs> that seems appropriate. So the farmer like white fanged this horse and was like, get out of here, uh, go bring me a lion.
1: Except point of contention here, he didn't white fang him because he was like, get out of here, I don't want you here. White fanging is like, you shoo them away for their own protection.
0: Oh, like yeah. white
1: fang, if he stuck around, he was going to get- you know, the the Harry and the Henderson's the same thing. Yeah. Like if he stuck around, people were gonna find out and they're gonna get mad. They wouldn't understand. Yeah, flipper you know, flipper was the same
0: situation.
1: Like yeah, like I want you to stay here. You're my friend. I want to keep you, but I, I must send you away for your protection. And this was the opposite of that. He was like, just get out of here because I don't wanna deal yeah, with it. You. Yeah, you've gotten so. you've
0: gotten old and now you are useless.
1: Yeah. This is called being a jerk.
0: Yeah, I'm like, we will talk about that message in a moment. <laughs> I'm not saying that as uh, me.
1: Yeah, it seems like the story is setting up that that's not the greatest Yeah,
0: thing to do. 100%. So obviously, the horse was really sad. He had spent so much of his life working for this man, putting in so much effort to help this man. So he just went off into the forest to try to seek a little protection from the weather. And there in the forest, Fox met horse. And said, Why do you hang your head so and go about all alone? And I do think it's interesting because, you know, foxes don't try to hunt horses, which is what the last story ended with, with being like, And mm-hmm. from then on, you know, foxes never tried to hunt horses because they're too big. They can't, they know they can't take them down like on their own. Yeah. And so, horse didn't feel threatened to meet fox in the woods. And so, yeah, fox was just like, Hey, what are you doing here? Why are you going about all alone? And the horse was like, alas, greed and loyalty do not dwell together in one home. Which I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's that's some good uh, fabling for us. That's a good little like moral there. Greed and loyalty do not dwell together in one home. Um, So he's saying, you know, my master has completely forgotten all the services that I perform for him for all of those years, just because I can't plow a field very well. And so I can't help him on the farm. He doesn't think I deserve any food anymore. So he's driven me out. Mm. And the fox was like, without even giving you a chance. And the horse was like, well, he did give me one chance, but it's a really bad one because there's absolutely no way I'll be able to do anything. He said that if I was still strong enough to bring him a lion, he would keep me. But obviously he knows I can't do that. That was completely impossible. And Fox said, well, I can help you. I have a plan that I'm pretty sure will work. And the horse was like, I will do anything that you ask just so I can get back to my home. So Fox was like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just lie down on the ground and stretch yourself out as if you're dead. And do not move until I tell you to move. Stay completely still. Mm. So the horse did what Fox asked, which I'm like, that is such a risk. You're taking such a yeah. risk. Well, but I guess he was like, well, what, what else are my options at this point? Yeah. So he did exactly what Death Fox bit. told him to do. And then Fox went to go and find Lion. Lion didn't have a den very far away because again, this story in the tradition that it's from, that makes sense that lion, that a lion would be like close by. So the lion was not that far off and Fox got there and said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, there's a dead horse laying out there. (laughs) I'm headed over there now to go have a nice rich meal. And I thought I would invite you to come along. There's so much there. There's no possible way I'd be able to eat it all. And Lion was like, oh, okay. That doesn't sound suspicious that Fox wants to share a meal with me. It sounds very suspicious. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Lion, think for a second. Why would Fox just when has Fox ever displayed in any of these stories, any like altruism? No, never, never. That's a terrible idea. But anyway, lion went with him. And when they both were standing in front of the horse, the Fox said, Oh, you know what? I don't really want to eat out here out in the open. you know, I kind of feel uncomfortable. I feel, you know, that we might get, attacked by somebody. It just feels weird to be eating out here. And I can tell lion that you feel the same way. I know that you prefer to eat in your cave. So if you want, I can fasten your tail to the horse and then you can just drag it back to your cave. And that way, you know, whatever I eat will probably just be a small portion. And then you'll have the whole rest of this horse meal back in your cave, nice and safe where nobody else can grab it from you. And lion was like, Fox, you're so clever. You're such a genius. Love the way that you think. That sounds like a perfect idea. So, Lion went, laid himself down tail to tail with the horse, and waited for Fox. But Fox was doing something a little tricky, which, listen, of course. Of he course was. he was. We all saw this coming, except Lion. Lion's like, I completely trust you to do this thing. Why? Because,
1: But it sounds like Fox is being even trickier than the tricky that we thought he was, or at least the tricky that I thought he was.
0: Yeah. So he was kind of doing uh, an elementary school prank on Lion because he was <laughs> tying his shoelaces together. So Fox tied the Lion's legs together his back legs together with the horse's tail. Listen, I don't know how Lion didn't feel this happening and go, this is weird, yeah. this is suspicious. Well, not to mention, how was Lion laying down with his back legs stretched out? Uh, listen, we don't need to figure it out, it's just a story. But logistically, I'm not quite sure how this works. But anyway, Fox tied the lion's legs together with the horse's tail and It said he twisted and fastened everything so well and so strong that no amount of strength could pull it loose. So when Fox had finished doing his little tying trick, he tapped the horse on the shoulder and said, pull, white horse, pull. And the horse immediately sprang up and started dashing back to his master's house. Obviously, you know, pulling the lion, boom, 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 all the way behind. It. <laughs> and it said, the lion began to roar, so all the birds in the forest flew up in terror hearing the sound horse just let him roar and he dragged him all the way to his master's door and then when the master saw the lion it said he was of a better mind and said to the horse (laughs) you shall stay with me and farewell that's fair space well not
1: right not farewell fair
0: fair well well
1: Well, you shall fare. yes
0: good job we've done it (laughs) It said the peasant fed the horse until the day that he died. Oh, Yeah, I'm like, I really, really like that story. So it is considered an obviously an ATU type 47A, the fox and the horse, even though the fox's tail wasn't tied to the horse's tail.
1: But there is a fox, there is a horse, there are tails being tied to other animals.
0: Yes. So it has that element there.
1: And so interesting in the fact that like the third animal, there's always a third animal, but the third animals are different. But also like in the one that I read, it was the bear for once in the rare while outsmarting the fox. And then this one, it was the fox, you know, outsmarting another animal, which is kind of the way that it usually goes.
0: Yeah which is like why i was saying earlier that if this one if these are both the same tail type the thing that is similar about them is not that it's not that the fox hangs onto the horse's tail it's that an animal hangs onto the horse's tail or that, yeah. a, ho- or that a an animal is attached by the tail to another animal yeah. but it is like okay well how do you say that and this one was the only one i could find that was not a fox being tied to a oh, horse's tail and yeah i'm like that is interesting because it is the one that's in the brothers grimm's collection and it's in that or considered to be in that atu type mm-hmm. but not totally not quite and so it makes sense more when you put it back with the ones that it belongs to then suddenly you're like oh okay i see how this got here i see where this mm-hmm. fits in
1: i'm not sure i follow that though like when you put it back with the when you put it back with the other ones from the Brothers Grimm?
0: Oh, when you put the Brothers you when you put in, the Brothers Grimm one uh,
1: with the others. with
0: the others that right follow that um yeah. fox tied to the horse. It suddenly right. is like, "Oh, I can see where Fox has got this idea to tie the lion's yeah. tail to the horse." Or uh, I mean, truly where the people who are telling the story Got the idea to do that.
1: Which is so fascinating, though, because it is like the elements are all there. You get it when you tie it back in. Ha, ha, ha To the horse's, <laughs> tail, tie. the horse's tail.
0: The horse's tail.
1: The O T A L E. The elements are all there. Yeah. But it, it makes it all the more interesting to me that the fox is outsmarting the lion in this one. If the fox is usually the one, almost always the one, almost exclusively the one whose tail is being tied to the horse. Like, why did they decide to have the fox? I mean, in one way, it makes sense because in lots of other tales, like we talked about, you know, even, you know, Reiner, the fox, yeah. like different kind of spelling and kind of similar character, though, to the Norwegian one. Which, again, that makes sense why though those would be related, but we don't have to go into that. But, you know, in those other ones, he's always outsmarting people. So, yeah. of course, they'd be like, well, of course, he's going to outsmart someone in this one. We don't want him to be bested. We're going to have our beloved character come out on top in our version of the story. Yeah. I guess. That's kind of, I mean, I, I'm just going there. It's like, it makes, you can see how it could happen. Not that that is how it happened. Yeah. But it's just really fascinating that they win against the, the grain there.
0: This story also differs in that it is kind of changing the messaging behind the story. Because- Like in Mm -hmm. the classic one, it's kind of like, oh, okay, trickster being tricked. And that's, you know, fun for the audience, subverting what we normally see happen and, you know, giving Bear a chance to pull one over on Fox.
1: Yeah, like the irony of it. Yeah,
0: especially in that tradition. The reason why uh, Bear doesn't have a tail anymore is because of tricks that were played on him by fox
1: by fox interesting yeah i mean
0: like that's a little tidbit of like background knowledge i don't know is like super important it's interesting to me just because it is bear now turning the tables on fox yeah and a trick involving his tail
1: yeah and influencing why fox's tail is the way that it is yeah
0: why it has similar the to white the why tip.
1: bear doesn't have a tail
0: and ooh, and that's another thing to, that's interesting to note is that in the different variants of the story as the fox tails travel the color of the fox changes because in areas in and around germany it is a red fox but as it travels to different locales the fox will change colors to the most Familiar fox color in that area, which is just Mm. interesting. You can follow where the story came from through the color of the fox.
1: Yeah. Fascinating.
0: So, this story shifts to be about aging. And of course, like we understand that, like a lot of the times, animals are characters that kind of fill in for humans or make humans think about how we treat. Each other while looking from a safe distance at how, you know, animals are treated. And so Mm -hmm. this story is about old animals that trick their masters into caring for them after they have started aging. And there are other stories like this, especially in the Brothers Grimm collection. So, one of the most famous stories where old animals trick their masters or trick themselves into getting care is the Bremen Town Musicians and we will probably cover that. That's a pretty it's a pretty big one that it's not the most famous story, but it's not an obscure one. In fact, uh-huh. even though these animals set out for the town of Bremen, they never make it there, but the real town that exists has a very famous statue of these animals that people will go and take their pictures. <laughs> Next to these animals, even though in the story they never made it to that town. Spoiler alert for a 150-year-old story. So another story that is an old animals tricking their master's story that, and that's not a tale type, that is just kind of, I don't know, a motif, just an element. Yeah. There's this story called Old Sultan. And I think it's so funny every time I see the name, like, Old Sultan, because I'm like, oh, is this going to be a story about an old Sultan? No, it's about a dog. (laughs) And very quickly, because it is a very short story, much like the other ones that we were telling, there was a farmer and he had a faithful dog and its name was Sultan. And... The dog had gotten old, lost all of its teeth, couldn't really hold on to anything anymore. And the farmer was standing outside the door of their house one day, just having a conversation with his wife. And he was saying, hey, old Sultan, he's not of any use to us anymore because he
1: is old.
0: Yeah, like he's getting old. He can't protect the farm. We can't use him for any type of herding or like anything like that. He's just he's an old dog. So tomorrow I'm going to take him out back and shoot him. I'm like, "Oh no. Old yeller all over again." Just kidding. That dog had Not rabies. Liking. That's a different uh trauma from my childhood. I read so many stories
1: <laughs> about dogs. About dogs <laughs> and
0: like all of them the dog would die like at the end. I, oh yeah. man, I'm so traumatized. Where the red fern grows. Oh. Ugh, that got me so bad. Yeah. So the farmer's wife, who had like a little pity for this animal that had been so faithful to them for so long, was like, no, he's served us for so long. He's such a good dog. We, we can just keep him. He's fine. He doesn't need to die. Yes, he's useless to us. But I'm like such an ageist way of looking at like anyone who's age. They're like, oh, I don't see any use for you. Therefore, you have no value. It's like, no, that's very bad. So she was like, we could still keep him. And the man was like, what? You're not smart. Which I was like, hey, now we don't talk to our wives like that, sir. <laughs> Maybe she's going to find out that you're not very useful to her anymore. You got a point. So he was like, no, he doesn't have a single tooth left in his whole mouth. So no thief is ever going to be afraid of him. He can't protect us. He can't. What's the point of him? All he's going to do is eat and we don't need another mouth to feed. So old Sultan. Who was laying stretched out in the sun, because, of course, it's an old dog, you know, got to warm up them bones. That's what yeah. that's what my old dog does, and <laughs> she still has value just by existing. It was a different time then it's okay. I'm not too salty. I'm a little salty
1: a salty dog girl
0: salty <laughs> salty dog girl
1: <laughs> that's someone's Instagram handle for sure, what? I said, that's someone's Instagram handle for sure. Salty dog girl. (laughs) Salty dog girl. I'm going to find her.
0: I'm going to find her. I will find you. So this poor dog is laid out, stretched in the sun, just, you know, enjoying heating itself up. And it heard everything that was being said about it. And he was so sad that tomorrow was going to be his last day alive. But he had a good friend. And oddly, his good friend was a wolf. I'm like, all right, I didn't know you guys were buddies, but okay. So he had a good friend who was a wolf and at night, old Sultan crept out into the forest so he could go talk to Wolf, complain about the fate that awaited him and possibly, you know, say goodbye. And the wolf said, hey, listen, my kinsman," which I love, cheer up, I'll help you get out of this trouble. I've thought about it a little bit, and I think what you should do is tomorrow, early in the morning, your master is going to go with his wife to make some hay for the other animals, and they always bring their small child with them. No one will be left in the house. So while they're working, they always lay their child behind the hedge in the shade. All you have to do is just go out there with them, lay down next to the child as if you're guarding it. And I'm gonna creep out of the woods and I'm gonna grab this child and drag it into the woods. <laughs> like, excellent. And so the wolf said, You have to run swiftly after me. And as if you're about to like take it away from me, you're coming to get the kid. So obviously I'm going to let the kid go. I'm going to drop the kid. And then you take the kid back to the parents. They're going to think that you rescued this kid. They're going to be so grateful to you. There's no way they're ever going to harm you. They'll probably treat you like a king for the rest of your life, dare I say. It doesn't say that in here. I just thought it.
1: (laughs) it's not accidental. Yeah, it's It's not, not accidental. There's no way.
0: So this idea really pleased the dog. It cheered it up to know it had a little bit of a plan moving forward. So the next day, everything went according to plan. They all went out to gather the hay. He laid down in the shade next to this child. The wolf came out and the father started screaming when he saw the wolf running across the field with his child. But then he saw old Sultan taking off after this wolf. And then pretty soon, old Sultan brought back their child. And the farmer completely relieved, full of joy. Couldn't believe my dog did this. He chased down that wolf and he saved my child. And the farmer's like, you know what? Not another hair on your head will ever be hurt. You are going to eat, it says, free bread as long as you live, which I'm like, yes. Olive Garden, this dog, when you're here, your family, free breadsticks, <laughs> unlimited free breadsticks. So his wife was like, you know what? I'm going to go home right now and I'm going to go get old Salton a treat. Nobody else is going to eat until this dog has had his fill. I'm going to get him a pillow from the bed so that he can lay down on it. From now on, old Sultan will be so taken care of. He'll get whatever he wants. So soon after this, Wolf visited him and was pleased that everything had succeeded so well. And he was like, so kinsman," <laughs> again, reminding him like, yeah, we're like family, right? We're both canines, right? He's like, I need you to do me a little favor. I just need you to, you know, maybe... uh." Close an eye, turn your head away when I creep out into your master's field and steal one of his fat sheep. And old Sultan was like, absolutely not. I will remain true to my master. I wouldn't agree to that. Which I'm like, hey, listen, his master was planning on shooting him. Yeah and the wolf helped him out i don't know listen i don't know what i would choose i'd be like oh you know what my life for one of my master sheep you know do what you gotta do but i guess you know this dog had a moral code yeah so he was like absolutely not i'm not gonna let you do that that's no we're not the, we're not that kind of friends so the wolf thought you know maybe he's not being serious He can't possibly be serious after all I've done for him. And so he crept up in the night to take away one of the sheep. But the farmer, it says, to whom the faithful sultan had told the wolf's plan. And this is something when we get to the second half of this story that's really interesting is that in these beast fables, they go back and forth Mm -hmm. between animals that are kind of more or less capable of just like animal things, animal action, stuff like that. But then sometimes they'll switch into being a lot more human-like and behaving yeah. as if they are people who are part of a court or something like that. Yeah. And this is kind of when the story flips into that. And it happens in like Reinhard the Fox and other beast fables. And so it's really interesting to see that happen in this story. And again, this is one of those Grimm's brother stories where when you're reading it, you're, it's taken out of that context of like that medieval time period yeah. and so it doesn't quite make sense and that's the context that you need like for um, these animal stories that that's the tradition that they're following after so old Sultan had told the farmer about the wolf's plan and so the farmer was waiting for him and it said he combed his hair cruelly with a whip which I'm like that's a Oof. that's a really interesting way of saying that
1: turn a phrase yeah yeah
0: the wolf had to flee, and he cried out to the dog, you just wait, you scoundrel, you'll regret this. So, the next morning, the wolf sent the boar, so like a wild pig, to challenge the dog to come out into the forest and settle the affair. So it was going to be like fisticuffs. So it said old Sultan could find no one to be his second, which, yeah, again, like now we're talking in terms of like, oh, it's nobles like fighting and this is a proper duel and this person will be my second and you boar is going to be wolf's second. And But old Sultan couldn't find anyone to be his second except for a cat that only had three legs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Cat's my favorite character now, this three-legged cat.
0: And so they went out together and it says, you know, the cat was limping along. His stride wasn't as even as a cat with four legs. And also his Mm -hmm. tail was stretched upward into the air. So when Wolf and Boar were looking from a long ways off and they saw these two walking, they thought that old Sultan was bringing a saber with him because they thought that the cat's, uh straight up tail Uh. was a saber and they're like oh no because i guess they didn't bring any knives to this knife fight (laughs) they didn't bring any swords (laughs) to the sword fight so they mistook the cat's tail for the saber And also when the cat was moving along on its three legs, they thought what they were watching was this cat stooping over to pick up stones to throw at them. So every time it took that step,
1: Uh, they
0: thought it was stooping over, picking up another stone. Yeah. And so they started to get scared. So immediately the wild boar was like, no, 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 no. For that reason, I'm out. (laughs) So he tried to shove himself into the underbrush, but he was like pretty big. So it was. Not all the way gone. And the wolf was afraid and jumped into a tree like a coward. So, as the dog and the cat approached, they were looking around and they were like, Where is everybody? Why is everybody gone? Then, Cat noticed wild boar's ears sticking out of the underbrush because he wasn't able to completely cover himself in the leaves. Mm -hmm. And while Cat was looking around for everybody, he saw the boar's ears wiggle just a little. And the cat thought for a second, that must be a little mouse. And it jumped onto the ears and it bit down hard on them. <laughs> and the boar yeah. the boar jumped up screaming loudly, the guilty one is up in the tree. And then he you know, took off. So Dog <laughs> and Cat both looked up and they saw Wolf, who, seeing what the situation really was, mm. He was so ashamed of himself that he decided to make peace with the dog immediately. <laughs> and that's the end of that story. I love how it has those like two distinct parts. And it's interesting because they're actually two different tale types put together. ATU-101, which is the old dog as rescuer of the child. And then mm. there's type 103, which is war between wild animals and domestic.
1: Uh, interesting. And so,
0: yeah, those two got pushed together. But why I bring it up is because in the first half of that story, again, you see this Grimm's brother's tale that's, you know, being told as a folktale among the peasantry about old animals tricking their masters into continuing to care for them into their old age. Mm-hmm. And so, when you look at these stories, as, as not about animals, but about how humans should treat each other. This story is very much about taking care of your elders how you know they shouldn't have to trick you into taking care of them you should already see that they have value some of their value is that because they're as old as they are they are wittier smarter they still have a few tricks up their sleeve but also the message that i want to put into these stories a little more clearly is that even when people get old and they don't have like value as in like what they can give you in terms of like labor, they are still have value as human beings. Right. They continue to retain their value and their humanity. Okay. Even if an old person that you love in your life isn't working hard for you anymore and can't give you anything, it's your obligation now to remember all that they have given you and to care for them for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things that's kind of like sad because it's like, that seems like it should be obvious. Yeah. But the fact that they are making stories that have that theme and that element means that there are people who don't think that or don't behave in ways that show that they feel that way about, you know, the elders in their lives and stuff. And it's like, I know that that is true of people today, yeah. not just, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago, which is really sad. And it's something that, again, is still relevant today. And people hopefully can be swayed to realize the value of these people in their lives.
0: Yeah. But like these They're community well. members still have value. They're still important. You still need to take care of them. I know that the amount of care that people get as they are aging in different cultures is different, but it. It is interesting to see these stories come up in different cultures because even if, you know, culturally everybody is doing that, one of the reasons why they're doing it is because they have these shared stories where they're constantly taught from a young age. that it is important. And so I'm kind of like, dude, I know in my culture, in like America, specifically that I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about, we do undervalue and consider our aging population a burden and are less likely to live in multi-generational homes
1: yeah i was just thinking about that yeah there's this
0: fixation on what's like considered like the nuclear family and you know mom and it's very heteronormative where it's like mom and dad and children that's it those are the only people in your home and then it's like well what are you what are you doing with your grand with the grandparents what do you where are they aunts and uncles you're gonna have any of them cousins can also live with you what's going on And so I think, you know, we could do for more stories like this, emphasizing that after all these people have done for you, you know, the least you can do is free breadsticks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a tradition that we honor in this country through a beloved institution of Olive Garden. (laughs) And now you know why old people love it so much.
0: Oh, man. So I'm glad that we've got to kind of explore a little bit more in you know the beast fables stories i know we seem to dip into them every year no matter what yeah but it was nice being led by fate to do this episode i'm excited for our other ones the december divinations live that we did you know we have more stories in store that are uh fated to be this year. So I'm excited to see what those episodes turn into. And hopefully this one was just fun and enjoyable and light for people.
1: Thank you for listening to The Fairy Tellers. If you enjoy what we're doing, please leave us a review or share us with your friends. Also consider supporting us on Patreon for access to exclusive bonus content, including outtakes and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash the fairy tellers. Special thanks to Andrew Forey for our music, and to Clarice Inge for our artwork. And of course, a big thank you to all our patrons. Without all of you, this show wouldn't be possible.
0: Fairy tales are always more interesting when something is added to them. Each new telling recharges the narrative, making it crackle and hiss with cultural energy. Maria Tatar I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to you at all. I'll be, uh, I'll be honest.